The BFG, Chapter Ten, Frog Scuttle and Fleas Poppers. By now, Sophie was beginning to feel not only extremely hungry but very thirsty as well. Had she been at home, she would have finished her breakfast long ago. Are you sure nothing else to eat around here except those disgusting, smelly snozzcumbers? She asked. Not even a fizzwinkle, answered the big friendly giant. In that case, may I please have a little. May I please have a little water? She said. Water? Said the BFG, frowning mightily. What is water? We drink it," Sophie said. "What do you drink?" "Frobscottle," announced the BFG. "All giants is drinking frobscottle. Is it a nasty? Is it as nasty as your snozzcumbers?" Sophie asked. "Nasty!" cried the BFG. "Nasty!" cried the BFG. "Never is nasty. Frobscottle." Is sweet and jumbly. He got up from his chair and went to a second huge cardboard. He opened it and took out took out a glass bottle that must have been six feet tall. The liquid inside it was pale green, and the bottle was half full. Here is Frobscottle, he cried, holding the bottle up. Proud and high, as though it contained some rare wine, delumptious fizzy frobscottle. He shouted. He gave it a shake, and the green stuff began to fizz like mad. But look, it's fizzing the wrong way! Cried Sophie, and indeed it was. The bubbles, instead of traveling upwards and bursting on the surface, were shooting downwards and bursting at the bottom. A pale green, frouncy fizz was forming at the bottom of the bottle. What on earth is you meaning the wrong way? Asked the BFG. Is our in our fizzy drinks? Sophie said. The bubbles. Always go up and burst at the top. Upwards is the wrong way," cried the BFG. "You mustn't ever be having the bubbles going upwards. That the most flushbunking rubbish, rubbish, rubbish I ever is hearing. Why do you say that?" Sophie asked. "You was asking me why." Cried the BFG, waving the enormous bottle around as though he were con- conducting conducting an art orchestra. You was actually meaning to tell me you cannot see why it is a scrotty mistake to have the bubbles flying up instead of down. You is flushbunking. Now you say it's scrotty. Which is it? Sophie asked politely. Both 
cried the BFG. It is a flush bucking and a scotty mistake to let the bubbles go upwards. If you can't see why, you must be as quacky as a duck horn. Bye, Ringle, your head must be so full of frog squeakers and bugwongles. Eyes frittered if I know how you can think at all. Why shouldn't the bubbles go upward? Sophie asked. I will explain, said the BFG. But tell me first what name is you calling your frog scuttlebye? One is Coke, said Sophie, and another is Pepsi. There are lots of them, and the bubbles is all going up? They all go up, Sophie said. Castress, cried the BFG. Upgoing bubbles is a castress dystrophy. Will you please tell me why, Sophie said. If you li- will listen carefully, I will try to explain, said the BFG. But your brain is so full of bug wiffles, I doubt you will ever understand. I'll do my best, Sophie said patiently. Very well, then. So... When you is drinking this cokey drink of yours, said the BFG, it is going straight down into your tummy. Is that right? Or is that, or is it left? It's right, Sophie said. And the bubbles is going also into your tummy, right or left? Right again, Sophie said. And the bubbles is fizzing upwards? Of course, Sophie said. Which means said the BFG, that they will all come swishing up your throat and out of your mouth and make a flam-scram-bum-blum-chee burp. That is often true, Sophie said. But what's wrong with the little burp now and again? It's sort of fun. Burping is filthsome, the BFG said. Us giants is never doing it. But with your drink... Sophie said, what was it you called it? What was it you called it? Frobscottle, said the BFG. With Frobscottle, Scottle, Sophie said, the bubbles in your tummy will be going downwards and that could have a far nastier result. Why nasty? asked the BFG, frowning. Because, Sophie said, blushing a little, if they go down instead of up, they'll be coming out somewhere else with an even louder and rudier, ruder noise. Oh, whisper! cried the BFG, beaming at her. A strident is making whiz poppers all the time. Whiz popping is a sign of happiness. It is music in our ears. You surely is not telling me that a little whiz popping is forbidden among human beings. It is considered extremely rude, Sophie said. But you is whiz popping, is you not? Now and again, asked the BFG. Everyone is whiz-popping. If that's what you call it, Sophie said, kings and queens are whiz-popping. Presidents are whiz-popping. Glamorous film stars are whiz-popping. Little babies are whiz-popping. But 
Where I come from, it is not polite to talk about it. Ridiculous," said the BFG. "If everyone is making whiz poppers, then why not talk about it? We is now having a swiggle of this delicious flobscottle, and you will see the happy result." The BFG shook the bottle vir- vigorously. Vigorously, the pale green stuff fizzed and bubbled. He removed the croak and took a tremendous gargling swig. "It's glumly," he cried. "I love it." For a few moments, the BFG giant, the big friendly giant, stood quite still, and it took an a look of absolute ex. Ecstasy. Ecstasy began to spread over his long, wrinkly face. Then suddenly, the heavens opened, and he left, let fly with a series of the loudest and rudest noise Sophia had ever heard in her life. They Rever- reverberated, reverberated around the walls of the cave like thunder, and the glass jars rattled. On their shelves, but most astonishingly of all, the force of the explosions actually lifted the enormous giant clear off his feet like a rocket. Whoopee! He cried when he came down to the earth again. Now that is whiz popping for you. Sophie burst out laughing. She couldn't help it. Have some yourself! Cried the BFG, tipping the neck of. The enormous bottle towards her. Don't you have a cup? So he said, "No cups, only bottle." Sophie opened her mouth and very gently the BFG tipped the bottle towards and forward and poured some of the fabulous frobscottle down her throat. And oh gosh, how delicious it was! It was sweet and refreshing. It tasted of vanilla and cream, with just the faintest trace of raspberries on the edge of the flavor, and the bubbles were wonderful. Sophie could actually feel them bouncing and bursting all around her tummy. It was an amazing sen- sensation. It felt as though hundreds of tiny people were dancing a jig inside her and tickling her with their noses. It was lovely. It's lovely! She cried. Just wait," said the BFG, flapping his ears. Sophie could feel the bubbles traveling lower and lower down her tummy, and then suddenly, inven- inevitably, inven- inevitably, inevitably, inevitably. The explosion came. The trumps sounded, and she too made the walls of the craven ring with the sound and music and thunder. Bravo! Shouted the BFG, waving the bottle. Use very good for a beginner. Let's have some more. Chapter Eleven: Journey to the Dream Country. After the mad frobscottle party was over, Sophie settled herself again on the on top of the enormous table. You is feeling better now? Asked the BFG, the big friendly giant. Much better, thank you, Sophie said. Whenever I is feeling a bit scrotty, the BFG said, a few glops, gollops of frobscottle is always making me hops. 
hopscotchy again. I must say it. It. I must say it's quite an experience. Sophie said, "It's a res twizzler." The BFG said, "It's glum, glorious." He turned away and strode across the cave and picked up his dream-catching net. "I's galloping off now," he said, "to catch some more whoopsie whiffing dreams for my collection. I is doing this every day without missing. Is you wishing to come with me?" "Not me, thank you very much," Sophie said. "Not." With those giants, other giants lurking outside, I snuggling you very close into the pocket of my waistcoat. The BFG said, "Then no one is seeing you." Before Sophie could protest, he had picked her up off the table and popped her into the waistcoat pocket. There was plenty of room in there. Is you wishing for a little peephole to peep out from? He asked her. There's one here already, she said. She had found a small hole in the pocket, and when she put one eye close to it, she could see out very well indeed. She watched. The BFG, as he bent down and filled his suitcase with empty glass jars, he closed the lid, picked up the suitcase in one hand, took the pole with the net on the end in the other hand, and marched towards the entrance of the cave. As soon as he was outside, the BFG set off across the. Great hot yellow wasteland, where the blue rocks lay and the dead trees stood, and where all the other giants were skulking, skulking, skulking about. Sophie squatted low on her heels in the pocket of the leather waistcoat, had one eye glued to the little hole. She saw the group of enormous giants about three hundred yards ahead. Hold your breaths, the BFG whispered down to her. Cross your fingers. Here we go. We is going right past all these other giants. Is you seeing that whopping great one, the one nearest to us? I see him. Sophie whispered back, quivering. That is the horriblest of them all, and the biggest of them all. He is called called the flesh jumper giant, flesh eating giant. I don't want to hear about him. Sophie said he is fifty four feet high. The BFG said softly as he joggled along, and he is swallowing human beings like they are sugar lumps, two or three at a time. You're making me nervous, Sophie said. I is nervous myself. The BFG whispered. I always gets a, as jumpy as a, a jog hopper when the flesh jumping giant is around. Keep away from him, Sophie pleaded. Not possible, the BFG answered. He's galloping easily, two times as quickies as me. Shall we turn back? Sophie said. Turning back is worse, the BFG said. If they're seeing me running away, they're all giving chase and throwing rocks. 
They would never eat you, though, would they? Sophie asked. Giants is never guzzling other giants, the BFG said. There's fighting and squirreling a lot with each other, but never guzzling. Human beings is more tasty to them. The giants had already spotted the BFG, and all the heads were turned, watching him as he jogged forward. He was aiming to pass well to the right of the group. Through her little peephole, Sophie saw the flesh-lump-eating flesh lump flesh giant moving over to intercept Sept them. He didn't hurry. He just looped over casually to a point where the BFG would have to pass. The other giants looped after him. Sophie counted nine of them all together, and she recognized recognized the blood bolter. In the middle of them, they were bored. They had nothing to do all until nightfall. There was an air of men, menace, menace? menace about them as they sloped. looped, loped. Slowly across the plain with long loping, long loping strides heading for the BFG. Here comes the rumpy one! Boomed the flesh lump eater. Lump eater. Oh, ho, ho, ho there, rumpy one! You is, where is you splash winking away to in such a hefty the r- hurry! He shot out an enormous arm and grabbed the BFG by the hair. The BFG didn't struggle. He simply stopped and stood quite still and said, Be so kind as to be letting go of my hair, flesh rumpter. Flesh lump eater. Lump eater. The flesh lump eater released him and stepped back a pace. The other giants stood around waiting for the fun to start. Now then, you little grub squiveler, boomed the flesh lump eater. Eater, we is all of us wanting to know where you was galloping off to every day in the daytime. Nobody ought to be galloping off to anywhere until it is getting dark. The human beings could easily be spotting you and starting a giant hunt, and we is not wanting that to happen, is we not? We is not, shouted the other giants. Go back to your cave, runty one. Eyes galloping. Eyes not galloping to any human being country, the BFG said. Eyes galloping to other places. Eyes thinking, said the flesh. Lump eater that you is catching human beings and keeping them as pets. Right, you is cried the blood bolter, bioed bl- bolter. Lur, just now I was hearing him chittering away to one of them in his cave. You is welcome to go and search my cave from fract to bunt. The BFG answered. You can go looking into every crook and nanny. There's no human beings or struggling stringy human beings or runner beans or jelly beans or any other beans in there. Sylvie crouched still as a mouse inside the BFG's pocket. She hardly dared to breathe. 
She was terrified. She might sneeze. The la- silent, slightest. slightest sound or movement would give her away. Though the tiny peep, through the tiny peephole, she peephole, she watched the giants clustering around the poor BFG. How rev. Revolting. Revolting they were. All of them had piggy little eyes and enormous mouths with thick sausage lips. When the flesh lump eater was speaking, she got a glimpse of his tongue. It was jet black, like a slab of black steak. Everyone, everyone of them was more than twice as tall as the BFG. Suddenly, the fledged lump eater shot out two enormous hands and grabbed the BFG around the waist. He tossed him high in the air and shouted, Catch him, man-hugger! The man-hugger caught him. The other giants spread out quickly in a large circle, each giant about 20 yards from his neighbor, preparing for the game they were going to play. Now the man-hugger threw the BFG high and far, shouting, Catch him, bone cruncher! The bone cruncher ran forward and caught the trembling, tumbling BFG and immediately swung him up again. Catch him, child chewer, he shouted. And so it went on. The giants were playing ball with the BFG, vying, vying with each other to see who could throw him the highest. Sophie dug her nails into the sides of the pocket, trying to present, prevent herself from trem- tumbling out when she was upside down. She felt as though she were in a bear going over the Niagara Falls, and all the time there was the fearful danger that one of the giants would fall Failed to catch the BFG, and he would go crashing to the ground. Catch him, meat dripper! Catch him, gizzard glupper! Catch him, main masher! Catch him, by a bolt twiddler! Catch him, catch him, catch him! In the end, they got bored with this game. They dumped the poor BFG on the ground. He was dazed and shattered. They gave him a few kicks and shouted, Run, you little runt! Let us, let us be seeing how fast he was galloping. The BFG ran. What else could he do? The giants picked up rocks and hurled them after him. He managed to dodge them. Rudely, ruddy little giant, they shouted. Choggy little twitch, shrivelly little shrimp, muggy little midget, squaggy little squim, groggy little glob. At last the BFG got clear of them all, and in another couple of minutes, the pack of giants was out of sight over the horizon. Sophie popped her head up from the pocket. I didn't like that, she said. Phew, said the BFG. Phew and far between. They was in a nasty crouching mood today, was they not? I'm sorry you was having a wurgle time. No worse than you, Sophie said. They Would they ever really hurt you? I isn't ever trusting them. 
the BFG said. How do they actually catch the human beings? Humans they eat. Sophie asked. They is usually just sticking an arm in through the bedroom window and snitching them from their beds. The BFG said, "Like you did to me." Ah, but I isn't eating you. The BFG said. How else? Else do they catch them? Sophie asked. Sometimes the BFG said they're swi- swimming, sw- swimming in from the sea, like fishies, with only their heads showing above the water. And then out comes a big hairy hand and grabs someone off the beach. Children as well, often chitterlers. The BFG said, "Little chitterlers who is building sand castles on the beach. That is who the swimming ones are after. <clears throat> the little chitterlers is not so tough to eat as old grandmama. So says the ch- child chewing giant. As they talked." The BFG was galloping fast over the land. Sophie was standing right up in his waistcoat pocket now and holding on the edge with both hands. Her head and shoulders were in the open, and the wind was blowing in her hair. How else do they catch people? She asked. All of them is having their own special ways of catching the human being. The BFG said, "The meat dripper, dripping giant, is preferring to pretend he is a big tree growing in the park. He is standing in the park in the dusky evening, evening, and he is holding great big branches over his head. And there he is waiting until some happy families is coming to have a picnic under the." Spreading, spreading tree. The meat dripping giant is is watching them as they lay out their picnic, little picnic. But in the end, it is the meat dripper who's having the picnic. It's too awful. She, Sophie cried. The gizzard gulping giant is a city lover. The BFG went on. The gizzard. Gulliper is li- lying, but high up between the roofs of houses in the big cities, he is lying, lay, lying there, snuggy as a snuggler, and watching the human beings walking on the street below. And when he sees one that looks like it has a whoopsie good flavor. He grabs it. He is simply reaching down and snitching it off the street like a monkey t- t- taking a nut. He says it is nice to be able to pick and choose what you is having for your supper. He says it is like choosing from a menu. Don't people see him doing it? Sophie asked. Never is they seeing him. Do not forget. It is dusky dark at this time. Also, the gizzard gulliper has a very fast arm. His arm is going up and down quicker than squinkers.